Welcome back to the Last Call Sports Podcast. This is the College Football Week 1 edition. Guys, I'm one of your hosts, Big Germ. I'm followed with co-hosts Doc, Gruber, and Corbin's brother. Um, we got the Week 1 lineups in front of us. Guys, I've got the spreads. I've got the over and unders. Finally, we've got a full slate of college football this week. Let's just dive right into it. I want to hear everybody's thoughts. And at the end, guys, you're going to think that you're – Listening station got changed to Gordon Ramsay because the boys are going to be cooking up a parlay for you guys to hear at the end. So stay tuned. Be patient. Let's roll right into it. Thursday, first game, Florida at Utah. Utah's coming in as the number 14 ranked team in the nation. They're a seven-point favorite. The over and under is 47. Doc, you're a Florida fan. Let's hear your thoughts on it. <clears throat> yep, I'm a Florida fan. But – we're in the UT Acres Down South polo hat combo today because I had to miss last week. So this is my punishment this week. It's a good look. I don't feel good in mm-hmm. it. I don't like it. I don't like it either, but it's a better looking orange on you. Yep, that's fine. But I'm glad it's week one. Florida at Utah. Um, I like Florida plus seven here. Cam Rising, I don't think that he's going to end up playing. We were talking about that earlier today. Um, if I had to pick a line on that, I would take the Florida with the points. I don't know about the over-under. If anything, I probably would go under, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, I mean, Florida, we know they're playing, run the ball, new quarterback. Wasn't impressed with Graham Mertz last year, but mm-hmm. also wasn't impressed with anything Florida did last year. I do think <laughs> defensively they'll be better. Utah, we know their strong point it is defense. If Cam Rising plays, I think you take Utah and the points. Mm -hmm. But just to err on the safe side right here, I would stick with the under, under 47. Mm -hmm. What do you got, B? I agree completely. If Cam Rising doesn't play, it's Florida. Cam Rising, it's not like he's that great of a quarterback, but he is the heart and soul of that team. And that team just doesn't tick without him. Um the only thing I will say is is every everything I've been saying for the past couple of days has been the same thing that we're saying. And so it seems like everybody's kind of on the same trail here with Florida-Utah game, which does make me a little bit nervous that mm. everybody's thinking it. So, yeah. you know, I but I am on Florida side. I, I'm going Florida. I like it. I think it all depends on rising as well. Um I don't think he plays. I don't think Rising plays either, and I think the line's changing because of that. Well, yeah. how effective is he if he does play? I mean, if we're having this conversation, he's still hurt. Well, he had the interview, so that's the only reason why people are saying that, you know, they think he could play is because he had that interview and he would not give a solid answer if he was playing or not. He said, we'll just wait and see on game day. And I think they're just doing that strictly because of game game planning from Florida side. I mm-hmm. mean – you know, if he says he's playing, Florida has, you know, a couple of days to prepare for rising. So I, I think it's all a strategy being put on by them, but I don't think he plays. There's no way. I think that this is setting up for a Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne game. I think it's going to be a dual running back type thing. I, I don't see them even when they get the offense running, really airing it out a lot. I think they fall back to what worked last year and uh, just hoping and praying that the defense can kind of pull through, have a – have a couple turnovers, that type of thing, and win the win the game that way, and then also uh, winning the game in between the twenties. I think that's going to be massive. I agree. I'm right there with you. I mean, 
losing AR is obviously a huge deal. Everyone remembers that game last year. That was supposed to be his Heisman moment, and mm-hmm. they completely fell off after that. <laughs> Graham Mertz is not Anthony Richardson. Mm-mm. Never will be. So, I mean, I'm sticking with it. Take the under. Under Florida plus seven right now. You know wow. Mertz is receiving odds are right now? Hmm. It's over under 182. Mm. I mean, I can't tell you the receivers for Florida anymore. You've still got – You um, got Ricky uh, Ricky Parcells there, the uh, yeah. the one wide receiver. Uh, their second guy is Caleb Douglas, sophomore. And uh, they got right now, this is their third guy, is that Jaquavian uh, Fran- uh, Frazier's. He's a junior. So, I mean – Quavian Tech Theratrix. They got a they got a uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got a freshman starting at tight end too. That's supposed to be decent, but uh, I think he's going to be more of a run blocking tight end, if anything. Just setting up, like I said, for that dual running back system with Montrell and Trevor. So we'll see. I've had enough of Florida this week. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of Florida this segment. So let's run the Arkansas State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a big favorite. Thirty two and a half is the line. The over and under is sixty and a half. BB, what you think? Man, I really, I really want to go Oklahoma there. Um, I think it's a perfect setup for Oklahoma. Uh, I would be willing to say that nobody's really even talking about that game right now. Uh, it's not on anybody's radar. Oklahoma does have a little bit of a history of letting up on those type of games, where the games where they should be covering and they don't. Um, but I, I'm, I'm all in on Oklahoma right there. I agree. I think you trust in uh, Dylan Gabriel. I think mm-hmm. he's solid, but I don't know who all else would be around him other than like Drake Stoops or um, who's that running back uh, that they have now. I think he's a sophomore or freshman. I can't remember his name, but uh, but yeah, I think you take I think you take uh, Oklahoma here. I'm taking that over too. Jacob will agree with me on this one. You always bet against Butch Jones, <laughs> so. Uh, one brick at a time. There, there's one thing Butch Jones does know how to do. It's put up points, so I can see a lot of points in this game. But 32 and a half, that's a ton of points, even for Butch Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's just such a large number. It's hard to, to take those spreads just because it's so easy for a team, especially week one. We have, you know, a lot of questions in the area. You have no film. You know, it's easy for a team like that to get up by 35, even 42, bring in, you know, the, the second QBs, bring in some second strings on defense and then let a team like Arkansas State, you know, make a couple drives late and still win the game handsomely, but, you know, spool the, spool the spread. So, you know, if we're talking parlays, I may stick away from a spread that big just because of that spool factor. But, you know, I could I could see the, the, the actual spread going one way or the other. It really just depends on how fast they strike, how quick they strike early, and how long the starters stay in if they get taken out. And how dumb Butch decides to be week one. (laughs) Yeah. So another game, one of the – probably the most talked about, probably the most bet on week one, our boy primetime with Colorado is is coming down to number 17, TCU. TCU is a favorite by 21 over and under is 59. Look. Corbin's brother, you're, you're 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 grinning and shaking your head over there. I'm guessing you're taking this one too. Yeah, Look, man, it's your boy, Travis Hunter. Let's hear it. Well, I'll tell you this: it's not even it's not even that. It's a simple aspect of this game. Colorado's not going to be able to compete as far you know defensively. He's not going to be able to recruit these you know big defensive lines. He's not going to be able to put a put a defensive juggernaut out there. But one thing that he said he's always been good at, and one thing that they were even good at at Jackson State, they couldn't defend anybody when it came to playing you know, high-level teams. But 
he said that nobody could recruit skill position players better than him. Mm-hmm. So my lock on this game, I'm taking over 59 because they're not going to be able to stop anybody, but I also think that they can score. I think Shadir Sanders is a lot better than what people give him credit for. I think Travis Hunter is good. Um, now, whether he'll be able to put his, you know, defenses, defensive, uh, you know, game anywhere on this game, but offensively, they're going to be fine. And um, I, I really want to lean Colorado covering. Uh, 21 is what it opened at. Um, I'm not sure what the lines move to now, but my only lock of that game is I'm taking the over. Mm. I like that over. I like the over too. I mean, you said you don't know how much Travis Hunter will play into it defensively. I mean, I think he locks down one side of the field. You sit and think of everything that TCU lost. Max Duggan's gone. Uh, yeah. Quentin Johnson's gone. They, I mean, they lost a ton. Mm. So when I'm thinking points, well, yeah, Colorado's going to put up points and I'm going to be able to stop a nosebleed. But – I feel pretty good about Colorado covering that 21. I really do. I'm not sure what TCU is going to bring to the table this year. I mean, they reloaded. They yeah. definitely did. They're going to be good. But I'm I'm leaning towards Colorado covering. I like it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm <laughs> leaning right. more so um, to TCU taking 21. The reason being, I think that TCU puts the points up uh, because they're returning nine upperclassmen on defense. Um, seven of those being seniors, two of those being juniors, uh, one freshman, and then I think one uh, sophomore coming in. Um, they're giving Colorado like an 8% chance to win the game by itself already going into it. Uh, I think that TCU puts the points up and then holds them on offense. I think everybody starts questioning Prime early and then wondering if this is just going to be a one-and-done thing with him. I'll tell you this, though. I think people are already questioning Prime. And uh, I think if – if I had to guess, I think majority of people are going to be on TCU this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that's rightfully so. But, like I said, those skill position players, I think they can score with just about anybody. I think they can keep up with anybody offensively. Now, you know, they go up against somebody like Alabama or Georgia, Shadur might be running for his life. Mm-hmm. But still, well, great skill positions players. That's my only fear with anything about that offense is the offensive line. I mean, that whole team's pieced together with transfers. Mm-hmm. It's an absurd – I can't think of the number off the top of my head. I know it's over 30. Mm-hmm. But – He brought Louie. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, and like you said, there's SEC transfers all over the place. Mm-hmm. Cavassier Smoke was one of the best running backs in the SEC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which he got, you know, buried behind Christian Rodriguez and others at Kentucky. But mm-hmm. people forget about how good Cavassier Smoke was. Yeah. And here, actually, I'll tell you right now, public's more on Colorado right now. So – which why I like TCU in it. And that's another thing, too, is that, you know, they they did well in the transfer portal, but so did TCU. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at an offense that's coming in. Granted, they have a new quarterback with uh, Chandler Morris that's a redshirt junior transfer in. But then also, too, you have a, a junior at wide receiver, a senior and another senior, and Warren uh, Savion, and then also J.P. Richardson that are all established guys that are solid playmakers, too. I agree. Um, so – I think, you know, and they, uh, and Manny uh, Bailey that's coming uh, back this year too. He's, he was there in the program last year and he did well. Uh, he wasn't the number one guy there last year at running back, but um, he still did well. So I'm leaning more so to the 21 and then the under. Yeah. Well, one last thing about it though. I know we're talking about TCU, you know, what they put out last year and, you know, they're lo- losing some people. But um, again, I know Max Duggan was in the Heisman consideration. I don't think Max Duggan is that good of a quarterback. I don't think he was that good at all. I don't think Quentin Johnson was that good of a receiver either. Um, 
Max Duggan already got cut. You said that. <laughs> yeah, Max Duggan got cut. Yep. And Quentin Johnson. I felt bad for him. Did you see his face? He was oh, sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> he was that man was sad. He's been living <laughs> he's been living, you know, a high life for the yeah, past couple yeah. of months. I mean, finishing as a Heisman finalist and then going to the draft and that's tough. I mean, but he's not and he was never gonna cut it. And Quentin Johnson, if you want my honest opinion, I'm calling it now bust. Dude mm. can't catch. Dude mm. cannot catch. If you watch all of the games last year, Shout out to John Michael, our buddy John Michael. He actually made me. He actually made me watch this, and I watched it, and it, and I noticed it right away. He catches every single ball with his body, mm. with his body, no hands. All right, couldn't catch a cold naked in Alaska. He couldn't. He's just a, <laughs> he, he's a big physical guy, but he's he's not 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 that skilled. So I got you. I got you. Well, there's your hot take. All right, East Carolina at number two, Michigan. The line's Michigan by thirty four and a half. Over and under is 52 and a half. Now, Gruber, I've heard you say on this podcast that Michigan is loaded with talent this year. So, let me hear your thoughts. 34 and a half, can they cover? Can they cover? Absolutely. Uh, The only thing that scares me is Michigan is so loaded that I do think this game gets out of hand early. I mean, offensive, defensively, East Carolina is just outmatched across the board. I do think Michigan has – Logan actually mentioned it, I think, two weeks ago. It's the best running back room in the country. Blake uh, Blake Corum and then Donovan Edwards coming yeah. back, both of them. I mean, they're going to run wild, and then I just – I don't see a way that East Carolina can put up points. The only – I think if I'm leaning to anything here, I'm leaning the over just because I think it does get out of hand so quick and we get some of those backups in. Mm-hmm. East Carolina starts moving the ball, starts putting up a few points. I think I'd be leaning the over right here. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take a team to cover 34 and a half, you almost have to take the over. <laughs> yeah. That's too many points, yeah. Right. I completely agree. I think it gets out of ha- uh, out of hand pretty quick. J.J. McCarthy, I can see him leaving at the first half. You might see more of that. Uh, the other guy, Jack Tuttle, in the second half tr- grad transfer coming in. Um, but like I said, Blake Horham and then Donovan Edwards, they're going to just absolutely tear that East Carolina uh, defense up in the big house. Uh, a lot of hype coming into this year, and I think they make a statement early. Another thing that we're not even talking about is Harbaugh's not coaching this game. Yeah, that's Harbaugh's true out. Yeah, will that play effect into it? That's showing a little bit in the in the percentages here. Well, we mm. got it. We got East Carolina actually being the the public favorite right now on, on the spread bet. Um, I can see them covering, but I think it's a backdoor cover. Yeah, I'll tell you this: the over is a lock though because. Regardless of what East Carolina does, I think Michigan puts up fifty-one by themselves. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I think that's, I think that's a lock. The over of fifty-two and a half. I bet the lines probably moved up a little bit, but I think that's a lock. I'd agree with that. Utah State at number twenty-five, Iowa. The lines mm-hmm. Iowa by twenty-three over and under of forty-three. Mm-hmm. Doc, let's hear it. I like. It's tough for me to take Iowa with the points because I don't know how many times that they've put points on the board. Yeah. So that's where I, you know, I know it's a new year this year. They have uh, Cade McNamara as a uh, their starting quarterback. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> I don't remember last year when they put twenty three points up on the board just offhand. I mean, all their games were like six to nine. You well, know, and they won again. What was it? Wasn't there a game last year they won three to two? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I it's tough for me to take the uh points on it, but I I think it's a new year for Iowa. I'm gonna take the points uh at home. Um I think they have one of the coolest traditions in uh college football waving to the kids and um I think they do it for the kids this time. I'm gonna take the under, but I'm gonna take the points. FTK for the kids. For the kids. It's kind Love of sad. the kids, the kids here. never get to see the fireworks. <laughs> I'm glad you followed that up with for the kids. For the kids. We love the kids here. 
I thought you were going to say what Tom Brady said that time about the kids. <laughs> Man. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> Moving right along, mine and Gruber's team, finally, we get to see what Joe Milton and the rest of this Josh Hypo offense is all about. Virginia at 12, Tennessee. This game is at a neutral site. It is at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, which is practically a home game for Tennessee. But, you know, it's sold is, out, by the way. Yes, it is sold out. I saw that notification earlier this afternoon. You know, it's so close to here. I've, I've about got a mind to just run up there Saturday morning, scout some tickets, <laughs> have a drink or two, and come right back. You know, it's it's an 11 o'clock game. But, you know, regardless, the, the line's 28 and a half. For Tennessee, over and under is 58 and a half. You know, this is another one of the ones where I'm, you know, it's kind of hard to take the points just because I can see Tennessee striking so fast. You know how fast this offense can get. And, you know, it could very easily, you know, take a 28 or a 35-point lead and then kind of call the dog, so to speak. And, you know, especially on defense, we don't know where we're going to be there. You know, you could say Nico may come in, but, hell, he may put up more fireworks than Joe. So, I mean, this was a tough one. I mean, I think Tennessee gets the dub very easily, but, you know, I really don't know what to say at the sp- about this spread right this second. Maybe after I hear you guys' thoughts, I'll have a better answer. Um, I like the over, but it, it really just depends on, you know, how Virginia scores. Um, with that being said – Screw it. Let's take it. You gonna take the over? <laughs> yeah. What I'm do you on. Think? The, I'm on the opposite end here, and I have a couple of reasons why. Virginia, new head coach. Everyone knows what happened with Virginia last year. That pointless tragedy that happened at the end of the year, canceled their last few games. New head coach Tony Elliott, former uh, offensive coordinator at Clemson. I don't. I want to say that their quarterback is like a D2 transfer or something like that. Tony Musket, yeah, senior. They're, they're not going to put up points. My only issue here is I don't think you'd see Tennessee's offense being Tennessee's offense this week. No Cooper Mays, and people around the program know how much Cooper Mays means to that team. It starts with the center, it ends with the center. Yeah, Cooper Mays being out is a detriment to the Tennessee offense. Do I think it matters Saturday? Absolutely not. I, but I do think you see a lot more of a ground game. You're probably going to see plenty of Jalen Wright, plenty of Jabari Small, plenty of Dylan Sampson, and you might even see the freshman. Um, oh, God, what's his name? Cameron, Cameron Seldon. Cameron Seldon. Yeah. And I just – I don't see a way – and people also forget, too, Virginia's got a d- good defense. Mm. I mean, returning a ton of people from last year. They run that four-two-five. Yeah, I mean – I did see a, a quote today, Ramel Keaton. They asked Ramel Keaton about Virginia's defense, and he said, oh, man, you know, they, they mix up coverages just like everyone else, but they do play a lot of man, and we're excited for that. So last year, whenever a, a receiver was to say something like that, you might as well get ready for the fireworks. I don't see it. I think Hypo's going to keep the playbook kind of limited here, <clears throat> saving it for Florida. So I'm going under. I'm kind of surprised you said that. Mm. I'm actually very surprised. Well, that makes sense. I mean, we got a, a hell of an SEC schedule ahead of us, you know, why pull the trickery and, you know, some of the, the crazy tactics when well, we don't have to. The, so the so worst to part about it is, too, I'm saying the under, but, I mean, they're still going to put up fireworks. Right. I mean, Joe can well, throw two passes right. and all of a sudden he's at 175 yards. Right. Well, I'll I tell hope, you this. I hope Nissan's ready because I, <laughs> I know the Titans didn't put up enough points to have a lot of fireworks last year, <laughs> so maybe they uh, – Got a few extras from the offseason for this for this season opener for Tennessee. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm on the opposite of you. 
I think it goes over and strictly because of two things. Tennessee last year opening up the year, they started out 8-0. They were 7-1 against the spread in every single game starting out the year. But the next thing is, is I think Nico is actually a better quarterback than Joe Milton. I think he is. I think he's more talented. I think Nico is a better quarterback than Joe Milton. So let's say Joe Milton comes in and throws three tutties right off the bat. Well, they might start pull Joe. They might pull some of their starters. But you got Nico coming in, and I don't think it's any bit of a downgrade at all. And that offense is just made to put up points. I mean, it is. It's just made to put up points. And I think that they are going to be too good. I do agree that they do use some of the ground game. But Jabari Small, awesome. Mm-hmm. I think he has a heyday. Memphis all right? boy. Yeah, shout out to Memphis. But I'm fully on the over here, and I'm taking Tennessee cover. And over? Yep. All right. I'm All taking right. I'm taking Tennessee, too. I'm taking Tennessee with the points and uh, the over as well. I'm interested to see uh, Dante Thornton mm-hmm. transfer in. I, I, I'm excited to see him and then also what role Squirrel Wright. And uh, I want to see Brew McCoy, too. I want to see what happens this year with him. I'm interested to see that. And then, uh, I, like I said, like you said earlier, too, I think Joe Milton starts him out pretty hot. Nico comes in halftime, and uh, it doesn't stop there. I, I got like a question it. for you. Mm-hmm. Who do you think leads in receiving first game? For first game? Yeah. For Tennessee? Yeah. I think I'm that's th- tough to say because I think a lot of these guys are only going to play a half. Oh, I think so, too. But, like, if you just had to take a guess, who do you think? I think we all have different opinions here. Well, I mean, they spread it out so well. I mean, mm-hmm. I know – your thoughts are, you know, last year, every time Milton was in, he was throwing a squirrel. squirrel. And I love yeah. squirrel. Yeah. But, I mean, I also like Gruber's take on Dorton, you know, being one of the best transfer wide receivers in the in the game and right it, now. So, I mean, it's I mean, that's a hard It a only, hard it only takes answer. one, too, with Joe. You know, that's yeah. the thing is, like, who's leading and receiving? Are you talking yards? Are you talking touchdowns? I mean, because you got one pass for, for, for Joe can go from 20 to the end zone on the other side. So, yeah. and then all of a sudden that guy's in the number one spot. Well, so, it's, yeah. it's a scary combo because when you match up Thornton and Squirrel White, they're going to be, it's literally every other play. Yeah. And what that offense is designed to do is get your fastest players on a safety. And once you get somebody like Squirrel White or Thornton lined up on a safety, it's already over. Joe's going to hit them. It just depends on who's on the field at the time. Right. Unless he ever throws them. And that's why I'm interested to see what happens because I think you're going to see all of them. You're going to see all the balls on Sunday, yeah, uh, Saturday. We haven't talked about Brew McCoy or Ramel Keaton, so mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, people are forgetting about Ramel Keaton too. Yep. I, I, I think he's for sure the most sure-handed receiver on that team, and it wouldn't surprise me if Ramel Keaton ended up being wide receiver one. I know I went with Thornton already, but it wouldn't surprise me if you see Ramel Keaton take over that Jalen Hyatt role from last year. Oh yeah, people forget about him like. I know in the Bama game last year, Jalen Hyatt was the highlight reel with five touchdowns, but let me remind you that in that last-minute drive when we when Hooker had to go two plays to get them in the field goal, goal position, Ramel Keaton was the first catch, Brew McCoy was the second one. But without those two guys, we wouldn't have been in position to kick that While game. While we're on goal. that topic, people forget the drive before half against Florida. Yeah. Ramel Keaton with the mm-hmm. diving catch, and oh, then yeah. Brew McCoy catches a touchdown. I mean – Season's completely different without those two guys. Exactly. And they're both back this year, so. Mm-hmm. Either, so, so we're all taking Tennessee to cover it. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Either way, I think it's going to be a hell of a game day. Nashville is such a fun town. And um, speaking of game day, i got to give a shout-out to our first sponsor, Acres Down South. They are the home of the game day polo. Guys, if you haven't checked them out, please do. We've got some new ones coming in here in another couple weeks. They're going to be even better than the ones we had before. 
Go check them out. Moving on down the board, Boise State at number 10, Washington. Washington's only a 15-point favorite. Kind of a weird number for a spread, I think, you know? Super weird. Um, over and under is 58 and a half. Let's hear it, Doc. I like Washington here with the points. I'm taking the under, though. Um, I like uh, I like the quarterback in Washington. I think they come out high. They got a lot of hype this year going into the season. A lot of people have them on the outside looking in. I think they make a statement week one. Um, I think – I think I give them the points even at 15. That is a weird spread. I might buy a point or a half a point just to get it down a little bit. More than likely, I'd buy a point, not a half a point. But uh, I, I, I tend I tend to like the spread a lot more than the over-under here. I'm, I'm torn on this one. Washington's weakest point last year was defense, but another weak side was the offensive line. Uh, I do think they will be improved this year. If Michael Penix has time to sit in the pocket and make throws, he's liable to throw for 300 on Saturday. With that being said, Boise is going to try and slow it down. They've got a couple good running backs and a quarterback that's very mobile, and I can see one of those running backs going for 200. Mm-hmm. It's just it's one of those toss-up games. If I wouldn't touch it if I'm betting just because I can see Boise just sitting there and draining that clock. Mm-hmm. I do think Washington comes out with a win, but I can see Boise just controlling the ball, draining the clock. If I was to bet on something, it would probably be the under. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if Michael Penix gets rolling, it's it's trouble. And I can also see he's an early Heisman favorite. I can see old ball coach coming out and saying, hey, we're going to go ahead and pad the stats a little bit. They're I also they returning. They're returning a ton of guys on defense. A ton of guys. Everybody they also brought I mean, in Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State, mm-hmm. the running back. Yeah, he's a I starter. Think he, I think he has a heyday. I think Dylan Johnson is super talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in that league now, it's a totally different ballgame than the SEC. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I think Dylan Johnson has a heyday. Uh, I was vocal about not liking Washington in the top 25, but I don't think Boise State is any match here. I've got Washington covering. I like it. Washington, I mean, we've talked about how Tennessee's season depends on Joe Milton. Washington, their season depends on Michael Penix. And when he's good, he's great. But I agree with you. I think that they uh, – I think that Washington's kind of being downplayed a little bit. Um, and I could definitely see them leaving in Penix just to let him pad the stat sheet a little bit, just to kind of say, hey, we're here. This is, mm-hmm. this is us. This is who we are. You know, I, I could definitely see them leaving him in the game and, and padding it. So, the, the the 15, I'm taking it. Over, under, not quite sure. I wouldn't touch that. Let's go under. Let's go under. All right, next game up, Buffalo. I'm not talking about the Colorado Buffaloes. I'm talking about Buffalo, New York. Mm. At number 19, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a 25-point favorite. The under, over is 55. Over and under is 55, excuse me. What, what do you think about it, Corbin's brother? Jump around. I don't like either one, if you want me to be completely honest. I would stay away from that game. If I had to go anywhere, I would take the uh, the under of 55. Um, but I'm not touching that game. I, that's one I'm, I would be completely fine with staying away. Mm. I'm right there with you. When you think Washington – or. Wisconsin, you think running the football, you think solid defense. There's usually not a lot of points. At home against Buffalo, I could see them first game of the year just trying to air it out a little bit. Probably not going to happen. if I'm not touching it, but if I had to, I'd take the under. Yeah. I like Buffalo here with the points. 
I like Buffalo mm-hmm. here with the points. The reason being, they got a solid receiver and uh, Darrell Harding Jr. And then also returning a tight end in Jake Orlando, who's actually a uh, a solid guy going even forward into next year in the NFL draft. Um, senior uh, senior transfer quarterback in Cole Snyder. I like him too. I think the game's a lot closer than a lot of people think. I think you know Wisconsin's going to be jumping around for sure, but I I tend to lean uh, Buffalo covering here at twenty five. Another weird spread. I like it. I don't know, man. You know, you don't know what you don't know. I'll be the first to admit I don't know much about Buffalo or Wisconsin. Now, if this was Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, I would <laughs> take them to cover that for sure, you know. But, uh, you know, either way, number three, Ohio State at Indiana. Ohio State is a 27-and-a-half point favorite over an under 59-and-a-half. What do you think that, about that one, Doc? I mean, Ohio State's just – Uber talented. I mean, just absolutely crazy. Um, I, I I like Ohio State here. I think that you know, with them, with um, Kyle McCord coming as their quarterback, I think a solid. I mean, Marvin Harrison. I'm excited to see him play this year. I, I think you have to go. And what's the other wide receiver? Ibuka. Emeka Ibuka. Ibuka. I like him too. I like I like Ohio State here with the points. Yeah, I mean, y'all already know where I sit with Ohio State. I'm huge on Ohio State this year. I would take Ohio State to cover that. I do think this game could be something like – it's going to be high scoring. Mm-hmm. It is. I can see something like a 52-21 to 21 game, something like that. I would take Ohio State to cover. And I really want Ohio State to cover because I want to see old Carnell Tate. We we're hoping to get him in Tennessee. I've heard great things out of him out of training camp, and I really want to see Carnell Tate. Also, shout out to Carnell Tate. His mother passed away mm. probably three, four weeks ago. Prayers for Carnell Tate. Dang. Yeah. Prayers for him. Um, I'm with you. I'm taking Ohio State. I think they're too talented. Kind of like the same same deal with the Michigan game. They're just putting too much talent on the field. I think I think Ohio State, you know, puts up fifty alone. Um, so I, I take – I'm leaning towards the over because um, I do think Indiana puts up, you know, a few points here and there. Um, but too much talent, Ohio State covers over. Yeah, well, I know we're not supposed to do this on the podcast, but I guess we all four do agree. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you guys said, Marvin Harrison Jr., he's a – you know, he's in the talks with the Heisman, you know, at a game like this. That's a that's a stat-padding game, you know. I can see him going for – you know, 150-plus receiving yards, maybe even 200, you know. So, I think they cover. I think they go over. This goes back to something we talked about last week. I mean, I hate that it's week one of college football, but I also yeah. love it's week one of college football because I cannot wait for that Ohio State-Michigan game. Oh, yeah. I saw a tweet, I think that was yesterday, somebody said, Ohio State's built to win the national championship. Michigan's built to beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll tell you this. I have a little bit of a theory that I've developed about Ohio State, though. If you look at USC and what, you know, and you look at Lincoln Rally and everything like that and, you know, how he's, they call him kind of the QB whisperer um, and they're putting out, you know, Caleb Williams and he had, you know, um, at Oklahoma, he had uh, Baker and all them. And he just keeps getting these high-profile quarterback recruits. You look at Ohio State, what they're putting out as far as receiver talent, I think that they kind of – whenever they have some of these dogs as receivers – they kind of want to pad their stats in some of these games just so 
at the end of the year, you can look at some of their stats and use that as a recruiting tactic to keep on getting some dogs at mm. receiver. And, you know, I almost consider Ohio State receiver you right now, mm-hmm. if you want to be honest. Yeah. So. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Marvin Harrison broke down his top five receivers for Ohio State. He had Chris Olave at number two, right behind Chris Carter. So, Ooh, my team's looking good. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to fantasy yet. Let's move down the board. Rice at number eleven, Texas, mm. opening up as a thirty-six point favorite over and unders fifty-nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Gruber, let's hear it. Take the points. I fully think Sarkeesian's gonna. You're gonna see a lot of Quinn Ewers. You're gonna see a lot of Arch Manning, and I think both of them come out there and put on a show. I think Sarkeesian's pissed at what happened last year. Didn't meet expectations. I mean, you got to have a good showing last year before you go into the SEC with the big boys. Mm-hmm. Let that man cook, okay? <laughs> Let him cook. I I, I think you te- I think you take Texas here with the points, but I think you lean to the under. Uh, my bold take is you see Quinn Ewers, but then you see Malik Murphy. I don't think you even see Arch Manning. Oh, they'll throw him on the field. I, I think I, I think they're going to hide him. I think they're going to hide him. I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, all the reports coming out that he hasn't looked that good. Mm-hmm. So, Well, have I, you seen all the reports since then, how they're like, oh, yeah, he's looking good. He's looking good. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's running like uh, – he ran like 20 miles per hour or something right. on yeah. a breakaway run. But my, here, my thing is, imagine no. this, though. Imagine they're up at halftime, and then all of a sudden you throw Arch out there and he throws two picks. Yeah. What does that do? Oh, yeah. and it hurts, it, it hurts his value like crazy. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, is, it is not a good look at all. And that's my thing. I don't think they're going to throw him out there until he's ready. I, if I'm the Manning family, I'm making a call saying don't put the boy in. They need to send the Manning quarterback. Let yeah. the boy no, He's been watch. there his whole life. <laughs> <Which> people <laughs> forget to send him back. Yeah. <laughs> he has a couple more reps. <laughs> Old Uncle Peyton didn't have a good debut at Tennessee. Yeah. Old Uncle Peyton had a really bad debut at Tennessee, and then look what happened with him. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not too concerned about Arch. I think Arch would be fine. There's too many good quarterbacks in the family for him not to be. And he's got the body. I, I mean, think he's got the build. He's pause. got everything you need for a good quarterback. So, You see where he's projected to make more money on NIL deals this year than Joe Burrow will in his, mm-hmm. yeah, so his con- NFL contract. We've, Caleb Williams, too. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll save this take for later. I mean, we talked about it last week and the week before, but I've got an NIL take. that <laughs> I think Cooper Manning will be a better quarterback than Arch Manning. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you this. I don't think Caleb Williams goes in the draft this year. That's part of my take. We'll save yep. it for later. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, we got to get down this list. <laughs> Nevada at number six, USC. USC's a 38-point favorite over and under 63-and-a-half. What about them Trojans? USC. They reloaded this year. Um, Caleb Williams, you know, he looked like he was playing backyard football. Uh, last week, all right? Like, he didn't even look like he was even trying, still threw four touchdowns. Uh, I think USC is better this year than what they were last year. Uh, I think their defense got better. And um, what's the – I just want to blank, but what's the receiver's name they brought in? Um, oh, the kid they're comparing to Reggie Bush? Yes. I, the I, receiver? Yes. Brendan Rice or uh, Dorian Singer? No. No, it's neither one of those. Mikel Lemon? Uh-uh. Transfer Mario Williams? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Taj Washington? No. Uh, anyway, I know exactly who <laughs> you're talking going about. Going through all the receivers and, here. Yeah. I mean, the kid's a freak, to yeah. be honest with you. It wasn't yeah. Brendan Rice? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Then I don't know. No, the kid's unreal. And with Caleb Williams throwing him the ball. And they loaded up on defensive talent this offseason, too, because if you remember, uh, last year they were playing with some walk-ons on their defensive, on their defensive end. Um, so, <laughs> 
you know, just upgrading from that alone is going to help them out this year. So I, I'm taking USC for sure. I mean, I'm right there with you. Me and Logan talked about the, that this weekend. I am on taking the USC over every game they play until it gets into, like, the 80s. And I still might take it then. Just because they're going to put up points every week. I can see them putting up – they'll probably average 30, 32, 34 at the end of the year. But defensively, I just – did they get better? Yes. But I don't think they care about defense. I think they no. know that they're going to put up so many points it doesn't matter. So I am taking the over with USC until I'm proven wrong. Hey, I think Caleb Williams too. I think that not only he wants it, but I think they want him – to win that Heisman again mm-hmm. and be the first back-to-back. And uh, did you also see what Caleb Williams said, that he plays football? Uh, he doesn't play it for the sport itself, but he plays it for um, to be like a god, basically, to be to be, uh, to be basically his legacy live on forever. Mm. So he wants, he wants that Heisman. He wants that Heisman again. My take is, I mean, last week, week zero, they won 56-28 to 28 against – San Jose State, which is a sneaky team, okay? Uh, Nick Nash for San Jose went uh, – he had three tutties. Caleb Williams was 18 for 25, 278 yards with four touchdowns. I mean, like you said, playing backyard football, over 500 yards of total offense, always take the over. I'm taking the over here, but I'm staying away from the points. Um, I think it's another game, too, where um, they can get a little out of hand at the half, might slow down a little bit second half. But last week at the first – at the end of the first half – one touchdown ball game against San Jose, 21 to 14. And I know a lot of people that uh, were taking USC last week with the points were definitely scratching their head saying, what's going on here? Hey, when did they check out Caleb Williams last game? Was it third quarter? Yeah, third. Mm-hmm. See, that's one thing. I, I don't I don't think they pull him before end, mid to end of the, end of the third quarter the any time this year. I think the reason that they did that, though, is because he had already pat the stats. Like I said, 278 with four touchdowns. So you're on the right track. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to affect anything later on down the road when it comes to Heisman voting or anything like oh, that. Oh, I think he gets pulled out third quarter pretty much every single game this year. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they pull him out half any because he they're going – I'm telling you, they're going for that Heisman. Mm-hmm. It's going to bring money to the school too. And Lincoln Riley, same thing with that U.S. – I mean, with the Ohio State theory. He wants another top-tier quarter. I mean, like, that's QBU. He wants, mm-hmm. he wants that Heisman just as much as Caleb Williams does. Lock it in. Lock it in. You're right. <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry, I, but just go ahead and apologize on there, guys. We've had a weather change this year, <laughs> and we are in the south. So, when the weather changes, the pollen comes, and I am my sinuses are kicking my arse this week. I've taken Claritin, Dayquil, you name it. I Shout out Claritin. See, it's getting Brennan too. I swallowed my water wrong. <laughs> I'm fine. That's I'm, called I'm being healthy. ignorant. I'm healthy. This bottle's a, this body is a temple. All right. New Mexico. Not old Mexico, but New Mexico. <laughs> at 23, Texas A&M. A&M's a 37.5 point favorite. The over and under is 48.5. Who do you think? I like uh, quick here, Texas A&M with the points, uh, taking the over. It's only an 11-point discrepancy in between the points and the over there. I like Connor Wegman and Texas A&M and Kyle Field. I like old Mexico better. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it in depth. I really don't know what this A&M team is going to look like. Jimbo, you don't know. Jimbo claims he's giving away control of the offense. If Jimbo's giving it away, then I can see the over. But if Jimbo still has his paws on the offense in any way, then go ahead and hammer the under and hammer New Mexico covering. Mm. 
the public's right there with you. The New Mexico is or Old Mexico is one of the favorites right now for public mm-hmm. betting. So bet against the public. Yep. Yeah. So I, I'm going Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I have to. Bet against the people. Yep. People don't get what they want. We're not the people, though. We're experts. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gruber, to your point, like how do you you know expect to know what this Texas A&M team is going to look like? I mean, look at the recruiting class I had last year. Everybody touted them. I mean, I had them as a as a – you know, a threat in the West last year, and look what happened. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, the voters, you know, when you talk about the top 25, the voters are thinking the same thing we are. There's no way that Texas A&M should be 23rd in the country with everything they bring back, everything mm-hmm. that they brought in. I mean, it just shouldn't be happening. People just don't know. Mm. You know what else I don't know? What MTSU is going to do against Alabama with a 39 and a half point spread. Over and under 54 and a half. Shout out to our Murfreesboro peeps. Mm-hmm. I feel for you this week. <laughs> <laughs> you think the revenge tour starts at, starts at week one? I do. Um, I would take Alabama covering 39 and a half. I've, I always hate taking spreads like that, but Saban's been smiling way too much, like we've all talked about. The revenge tour is coming. I do see the overhitting. You, I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like. I do think that you see – Minimum two, probably three quarterbacks. I think they'll alternate them just because Saban's shown in the past he'll do it. We'll start with Jalen Milrow, and, I mean, it just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter this game. Mm-hmm. Alabama's got too much talent. Just take the take the points, take the over. They be making faces over there. What's wrong? Milrow's just not that good. But <laughs> I don't think MTSU has enough to stop him. I mean, I think, he, I think Milrow himself could run for 300 yards against MTSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's any – I don't think it's any competition. And usually early on, I'm always one to bet against Alabama because they historically Alabama is actually really bad against those huge spreads. Historically, they're horrible against it. Um, And it's always like within a point or two. Um, But I do think they're on a revenge tour. I don't think MTSU matches up at all in any way. I'm, I'm taking Alabama the points. Well, when you talk about this one, the reason we're scared of a lot of the other ones is because you're scared of a quarterback change. Right. You are you probably get a better quarterback coming off the bench than you do that starting the football game this week. You do. So right? I see more points being scored after the change. And Ty Simpson's probably going to be their third string. Mm-hmm. And I think you do see all three. And I think Ty Simpson is the best out of the three. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is I don't think MTSU's defense is going to be able to expose Jalen Milrow, though. I think he's going to look good. And then people are going to be like, oh, what's the problem? We have a quarterback. This is our guy. Um, I I still – I like Alabama with the points. Um, I don't know about the over-under as much, but I'm taking the the spread at 39.5 with Alabama. With uh, Jalen Milrow, I think you're going to see Ty Simpson too, and then also that Tyler Buckner guy. Uh, transfer sophomore that coming in here too. So uh, I'm interested to see more so what's going on with the defense in Alabama. See what come, what they come out with. Angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you won't you won't get a good feel for it this week. That's I mean I love week one. I hate it at the same time. You just won't get a good feel. Everyone's gonna move Alabama right up the boards after this week, and then once we get into the serious competition, we'll find out what Alabama's all. Do about you think that um, MTSU puts double digits on the board? No. No. I think Alabama eliminates any kind of mistakes this week, too. Like you said, Saban's been happy, and I think they're a more disciplined team this year. I think that this is like old Alabama teams. This isn't, you know, flashy, fun Alabama teams of recent. I think this is hard-nosed, no mistakes. 
going to pound you on defense. Like, I think this is awesome. pause. Yes. <laughs> well, here's my thing about it. So, all offseason and leading up to, throughout this preseason, all everybody's talked about was, oh, Alabama's got quarterback troubles. They got quarterback problems. Simply because we don't know the starter. When in the history of analyzing football did not knowing the starter automatically mean a problem? You got to remember, we're still talking about the University of Alabama. So, whatever their options are, whether it's the second guy, the third guy, whatever, he's at least got to be a, what, a four star mm-hmm. athlete, if not a five? I'm pretty sure they're all five. Okay, so, oh, okay. so here's my bold take, or, or just at least a different way of looking at it. Because they don't know who to start, or because they haven't named a starter yet, is that a reason to be like a little freaked out? Like, damn, are they all that good that we actually can't <laughs> name a starter? So we got to take a game like MTSU to give two or three guys the opportunity to go out there and make some plays and then decide? We still talk about Alabama here. And, hey, I'm a Tennessee fan, so it hurts to say. I love the take. But, as, but as long as Saban's there, yeah. Alabama's still in the hunt. Period. I think that is a great take. That was fiery, too. That is, that? Yeah, that was some that was some <laughs> oomph behind it. Man, just, but I will tell you this, though. Jalen Murray sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I will I will agree with you 100% that I think that is a great problem to have. Mm-hmm. Just like in, in the NFL, when you see these quarterback battles going on, it's usually because, you know, it's not that they're horrible quarterbacks. It's usually that they're – good and you're wanting to see them push each other so i think that this could make people push each other but again like i said last week alabama historically has never had this great quarterback they've always had just a great game manager so i i don't think it matters that much what the quarterback is like you're saying we'll see just time will tell hopefully it's not Jalen Monroe. moving to the east coast number 21 north carolina at south carolina mm. north carolina's a three-point favorite over and under 62 that's a lot of points for just a three-point spread. Mm. They're predicting this to be a close game with a lot of points. What did y'all say about Drake May? He's Last good. Thing? I like him. Yeah, that. but I, what was the report that you saw that they were comparing him to, like, the greatest quarterback Oh, prospect? yeah, they were saying that, like, they're saying – I heard reports that he's looked at better than Caleb Williams. Like, they're saying Drake May is – they're comparing him to Peyton Manning. They're NFL compared. ready, just like Josh Rosen. <laughs> hey, Josh Rosen was too smart. Mm-hmm. For, he, he was he was he was too smart. Okay, okay. But that's what I was wondering. I was wondering about the Drake May thing. Yeah. Well, I I love this is one of my locks honestly for the week. I love North Carolina at South Carolina. Uh, Drake May lost two of his receivers, lost Josh Downs, lost Antonio Green coming back, but they still have a solid pass catching tight end. And what was his name? Bryson Nesbitt. Um, so I like I like North Carolina here. Give them the minus three. Uh, I don't know about the sixty-two though. I don't know about the sixty-two here in Sandman in South Carolina. I don't know if they put that many points up, but uh, I think the biggest question is going to be defense versus offense. I think I think with North Carolina. I agree. I like the take. I love I love Josh Downs too. No, I love Josh Downs too, and losing Josh Downs is a huge mm-hmm. – it's a huge loss. But, you know, if these reports are saying Drake May is, you know, the second coming of, you know, Christ basically, then, I mean, I'm rocking with, I'm rocking with that guy, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm rocking with Drake May. <laughs> um, but at the same time, Shane Beamer has those boys ready to play. I think there's a different culture in South Carolina – 
I like South Carolina. Um, and, you know, if you look back on it, Spencer Rattler, whenever he was at Oklahoma, whenever he first came in, I hate Spencer Rattler. I can't stand Spencer him. Rattler is a cocky piece of shit. <laughs> he is. I hate he plays him. For the I hate him. <laughs> but at the same time, whenever he was at Oklahoma as uh, early on, people were saying this was the next great quarterback prospect. Like, if you look at him, he has all the tools. He has all the skills. He's a great quarterback. Um, just went off in a bad note at Oklahoma. Last year kind of revitalized his career, and I think this year he kind of goes on a little bit of a war path and, and shows people that he is that good. Um, hate him, but I think he does. I think he kind of proves it this year. I'm right there with you. I mean, if you look at Spencer Rattler's last three games last year, I mean, you're talking Tennessee, Clemson, taking down that Clemson defense the way he did. I mean, it was impressive. Games like this, uh, both defenses are pretty bad, honestly. If you look at last year, South Carolina got better. I'd not impressed with North Carolina, but whenever I'm picking a game like this, I always go with the better quarterback, and I do believe Drake Bay, Drake May is better than Spencer Rattler. So, I'm taking Tar Heels. I think I think Drake May is better. However, I did see a South Carolina hype video today, <laughs> and that's what they're made for—they're made to hype <laughs> you up. Okay, mm -hmm. but I'm like UBB. I think Beamer has got the, this this organization in a in a whole new era, so to speak, and, you know, I said it before on this podcast, especially in the SEC, man, home field means so much, and with it being the first game of the season, I know it's not, you know, the Clemson game, but it's still kind of a Carolina battle, so to speak, so give me the boys and garnet. I like it. Plus, as a Tennessee fan, I need South Carolina to win as many games as possible yeah, before so we, we annihilate that ass. Ruin their lives. <laughs> hey, Beamer makes me want to run through a brick wall sometimes. I love Beamer. All oh, right. Yeah. But when we're talking about this, to me, Shane Beamer is Butch Jones 2.0. Mm -hmm. Butch Jones had me feeling the exact same way until I found out how awful of a football coach he actually was. Is Shane Beamer an awful football coach? No. But just his mannerisms, the way he acts, I mean, it just reminds me so much of Butch Jones. I just can't like the guy. I don't know, dude. Butch Jones was kind of corny with it, though. Uh, Shane Beamer's pretty corny with it. He's not as it. corny as Butch. Butch Jones had just a Dan look. Mullen was like that, too, man. I, uh, hey, Dan Mullen in that uh, in that documentary, the Swamp Kings documentary. Yeah. That was a different guy, though, it seemed like. It, it, it didn't seem that, like the it, same. That's not the same guy that it, was I mean, in Mississippi it's him, State. But it doesn't seem like the same guy at all. Yeah, he changed when he yeah, came Mississippi, back. Uh, compare Florida to the culture they had and then go to Mississippi State. Oh, it's, a, it's not even close. I bet you still wish he had the head coaching job in Mississippi State. I right bet he now. does, yeah, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was building a my juggernaut. Whole, there would be a I married, statue. In, I married into a Mississippi State family, but, and my, my best friend went to State, and my father-in-law said, damn, son. You, you win six, seven, maybe eight games in Starville, they'll build you a statue. <laughs> <laughs> you lose two, maybe three games in Florida, your ass is out. Uh, it was <laughs> You're even free. Yeah. <laughs> You're it's even for free with that. the same situation Lane Kiffin's in right now. I mean, Lane Kiffin hasn't made where he is, and he's overachieving at Ole Miss, to be honest with you. So, yeah. if I was Lane, I'd go nowhere. And he loves those younger girls. So, I mean, he's in the perfect spot. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Gotta love some Oxford. Staying on the East Coast, we're moving a little bit further up north. West Virginia at mm. number seven, Penn State. Penn State is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite over and under 53-and-a-half. Mm -hmm. I love it. this game. This is what I'm looking forward to a lot, too, With that, besides that North Carolina-South Carolina game. This is primetime Penn State in Happy Valley. Place is going to be absolutely rocking. Uh, Penn State's returning every single starter on defense which is absolutely scary, uh, being with how good they were even last year. I don't know if y'all remember, but this is one of my teams that I had either finishing in the Final Four or looking in, uh, just like a lot of other people. I like Penn State here, 20-and-a-half um, 
probably taking the over as well. Uh, you're going to see Drew LR quarterback. I think they'll be able to put points up pretty easily. West Virginia's just not very good, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. Take Penn State and the points. I was I wasn't as high on Penn State until I actually started digging in and actually doing my research for this year. Penn State's going to be good. <laughs> They're going to be very good. Mm-hmm. And I'm riding the Penn State train until I can't until I have to get off. Once we come into the Michigans and the Ohio mm-hmm. States and the big boys, then we'll talk about it. But this week, take Penn State, take the points. James Franklin's just solid too. He's going to have him ready. I'm with you on Penn State, uh, but you know what? You know what's crazy? The public's with us too. No, they're with West Virginia right now. Oh, perfect. That's great. Yeah, it means and, we're experts. And so is the money. Mm. The money's with West Ooh. Virginia right now too. But mm. I'm rocking with Penn State. Like like y'all said, I think they reloaded. I think they're too tough. Um, and if you look at the culture that they've kind of built here recently. It's something that West Virginia doesn't have, Mm-mm. and I'm a big-time person on culture. I, if you have a team – like South Carolina hasn't had culture in forever. Like they mm-hmm. haven't had an identity, and now they're starting to get a little bit of an identity, and you can see the whole – everything change around that entire campus mm-hmm. and that they are passionate about football again. I think that's the same way with Penn State. I think that that culture is so strong there. I mean, these dudes are going to be ready to play. They're going to come out hungry and – I think they have some. I think they have some stuff to prove this year too. Yeah, I mean, night night game mm-hmm. in Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. They gonna play Mobamba on the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shoot, I'd play there, on I, if there's one lock that I would have to say is like there's I don't see a chance that West Virginia wins this game on primetime TV. Right, lock it in. I mean, that's a, I mean in. you're not gonna get any money for that, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just saying that that would be like I that would. Just, that would blow me away if I saw an upset of West Virginia being Penn State at home. Has game. that line moved any? It's at twenty and a half on our sheet, but I don't know. Well, that was the, that was the opening line. Let's see. Wouldn't you <coughs> love to see West Virginia <laughs> slap them though? Especially knowing that little country road we have a West Virginia polo coming in, so <laughs> the fans will be riding high. I'd love to see it for the business. They'll be checking out Acres Down South. <laughs> But hey, if we we'll lock be sending polos up to West Virginia, hey. right next to Roback's territory. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. it actually it actually opened at nineteen and a half, and it's up to twenty and a half now. So this is a little bit more up to date. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still taking Penn State though. I just was interested. I agree. Last game on Saturday before we move to the ones on Sunday and Monday. South Alabama at number 24, Tulane, who is only a seven-point favorite, but over and under is 55 and a half. I'll just go ahead and start this one, man. I was telling Sally earlier in the office, with Tulane coming out as a, you know, ranked in the top 25, they're at home. Their home is New Orleans. It's week one. You know how crazy those Cajuns are anyway? (laughs) And they're only a seven-point favorite to South Alabama. I don't even know anything about these teams, but I know Louisiana. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> I'm taking them to cover that. That may be my lock on the parlay. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But I, I, I don't. I just think Tulane can cover this. I don't know about the over and under. That's a lot of points. Like I said, you just don't know what you don't know. But I think I think they can cover seven points at home, week one, in New Orleans. In New Orleans, <laughs> what do y'all think? I'm right there with you. I, I'm all over Tulane in this game. Uh, 
Tulane is another team that's kind of been building a little bit of, you know, a football culture to them, and they've actually been pretty decent as of recent. And I'm locking in Tulane. I agree. I agree. I um, I like Tulane here. I like Michael Pratt coming back, senior, solid QB. I think they win big. Mm-hmm. I think they win big. I think I think you're looking at a twenty point, twenty plus point win here. I like the alternate. I take alternate spread. Maybe. <laughs> I'm uh, juice it up a little. Yeah, bit. go ahead and get a little juice crazy it with it. Yeah, All right, yeah, why tell not, your friends, man? tell your family, to do why the same. Not? Juice it up, juice it up. No, I, I Christmas like Christmas money. You got a lot of returners coming back too. So I mean, a couple solid transfers coming in too with uh, Shedro Lewis, senior transfer, and Dante Fleming, junior transfer. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean. Like you said, I like Michael Pratt. I mean, we lost Tajay Spears. People forget that. Shout out to Tennessee Titans for finally taking another running back. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it matters. I think Tulane's too much in New Orleans, like you said. Just give me Tulane. Give me the points. All right, moving on to Sunday. Number 18, Oregon State at San Jose State. Oregon State's opening up as a 17-point favorite uh, over and under 54-and-a-half. What do you think, Doc? I like Oregon State here, um, but I'm going to take San Jose with the points. I think that San Jose had a solid showing week one against USC. Um, they're a sneaky team, man. They're a really sneaky team. Um, I'm gonna, And it's at San Jose. So that's why I'm leaning more so to the points. I think it could be uh, if it was at Oregon State, I, w- I would lean more towards, towards that. But I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a nail-biter to that 17. But, I mean, if you really, really are confident about it, I might add or buy a couple extra. Mm. We talked about preseason rankings about two weeks ago, and I talked about how much I hated them. The only reason I love preseason rankings is because teams that I really don't know that much about, preseason rankings give you a good idea. Oregon State's returning a decent bit, and – off of a very good Oregon State team last year. When you Mm -hmm. think of Oregon State, you don't really think of football. Mm -hmm. Baseball. I'm big on Oregon State this year. Give me Oregon State covering. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. I'm rocking with Oregon State. I think it's going to be a solid year for them. And, I mean, you know, we were talking about it. Teams that kind of have sports that – or they're good in other sports too – Oregon State's a, a really good baseball school. They're always prestigious in baseball, and I think that you know football program is kind of coming around to that as well. You can always tell a good culture in a good university. I mean, when you look at Alabama, they're good at everything. You look mm-hmm. at Tennessee, good at everything. LSU, good at everything. Oregon State, teams like that are finally starting to come around. It takes some time for them to come around and build their other programs up, but it's coming. Like, it's, it's coming. So, I, I'm with you on Oregon State there. And uh, – Publics on San Jose State, so I like Oregon State even better. There we go. Hey, man, if the Beavers can cover a dam, they can cover a spread, too. <laughs> I like it. Hey, man. On to our next game. This one was actually my favorite one last week, or the one that I'm most excited about, so to speak. Um, our only top ten matchup we have, our other Louisiana team, mm-hmm. the one that's a little more popular, number five, LSU, the Bayou Bengals at, well, Actually, it's a neutral site game. Number eight, Florida State, playing at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. The spread is only LSU by three, over and under 56 and a half. Ah, y- y'all have heard me say it. <laughs> I think LSU 
can do it in the West this year. I think last year they lost to that cringing blocked field goal or extra point. I think they're out for revenge. Give me, give me LSU here. I like Florida State. Um, <laughs> I I think that uh, Jordan Travis and Mike Norvell. I mean, th- I think I think Florida State is good. I, I think this year they're going to show a lot of people um, that they've improved from last year. That that was a tough game last year with um, LSU, and I think this year they sneak away with it with the points. I'm I'm right there with you. I've been hearing that there's been a question going around and there's a team from the SEC that you have high hopes for to collapse and not meet those expectations, who would it be? And everyone said LSU. I'm not big on Jaden Daniels. I do think Malik Neighbors is one of the best receivers in the SEC. (laughs) And um, Mike Norvell needs this game. He does need it. People think that Mike Norvell is off the hot seat. They are very mistaken. Mike Norvell is still firmly on the hot seat, and he's going to need this game to get like cool that chair off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like Jordan Travis. I like everything that Mike Norvell brings in, and I also don't like Brian Kelly. I just I've never liked him at Notre Dame. Phony. Yeah, I just I'm not a fan. Fake give me uh, give me Florida State. Give me LSU mm. by double digits. Wow. LSU by double digits. Mm. Lock it in. LSU by double digits. It's not in Death Valley. I don't care. It has nothing to do with that. Tennessee I'm, proved that Death Valley is a myth. Look, I'm actually a big fan of Brian Kelly. I wasn't at first because he was he was kind of phonyish whenever he first came in, but I think he started fitting into the culture. I think he started learning, you know, what not to say and what to say a little bit. And I think that LSU's riding a high note coming in. I think Florida State, a lot of hope for him, but I don't believe the pro. I don't believe the program under Mike Norvell right now. I don't. I think he is on the hot seat still. I know some, you know, beat writers and analysts and stuff are saying that, you know, he's off the hot seat and he's building a program now. But I think he's still on the hot seat, and I think that that kind of trickles down to mm-hmm. the rest of the team. I, I think he might still be on the hot seat, but th- that doesn't change the fact that he's not a solid coach. And I think he's he killed coach. it. He killed it in recruiting this year. Um, they have a solid qu- Jordan Travis is good. Travis is good. He's really good. Daniels I know that I know better. I know I know that that LSU defense is solid too, but I I lean Florida State. I lean Florida State. I think they're going to do well this year. I think they're also going to win the ACC. Ooh. I like Baltic. it. You think they're winning I the think, ACC? I think they beat Clemson. Okay. You just completely throwing out the the second coming of Peyton Manning over there at mm-hmm. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You don't even think that they're in the conversation? No. I don't think those they're as good as Clemson or FSU. Okay. All right. All right. I'm right there with them. I mean. Not that bold. Moving to the next game, and we'll talk more about who I think is winning the ACC. Well, I mean, just to finish it up, I mean, Duke, I do like Boston Florida College. State. Duke. <laughs> I mean, if I wasn't so high on LSU this year, it's kind of been so far my, my kind of go-to talk about every every episode was, you know, because I was the same way with Brian Kelly. When he first showed up, I was like, this ain't it. He's about to get Dog smack. Welcome to the SEC. You know, he was making the silly ass TikToks and stuff with the recruits. I was like, this goofy son gun is about to get shown how these boys in the South were on the rock. He but went he nuts to butt on that one video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but I mean, he, he, he proved himself last year in year one. So, I mean, why not ride the train? At least right now where we're sitting at, preseason, week one, you know, 
maybe we'll have a different conversation next week. But right now, I'm 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 riding LSU. So multiple points. Moving on to Monday, September fourth, number nine, Clemson mm-hmm. at Duke. Clemson's a thirteen-point favorite. Over/unders fifty-five and a half. What y'all think? Take Clemson in the points. I think I hate Monday night games. Why? I think it's dumb. You sound like a miserable person. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Monday night games are stupid, dude. You don't have anything better to do than get home and watch a Monday night football game. I can think of a couple things. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm rocking with you. I can't think of anything. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I, I mean, yeah, it gives you something to do, but I just would rather see Clemson at prime time. You know, like if you're going to watch a college football game, I don't watch it on Saturday. But – or they could be the only people playing that day. And yeah. that's all you get to watch. you got something to look forward to. <laughs> well, I don't get out until 7 anyway, so I'm going to miss half of it. Oh, here the truth comes out. Hey, yeah. If you have my honest opinion on this game, yeah. I think it's an ugly game. I don't think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think it's. I think it hits the under by a mile. Mm. I do. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers. Like I think it's just going to be an ugly game all around. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Clemson. But I don't want to touch this game, and I think it hits the under, like I said, by a mile. Mm -hmm. If I had to pick one, I'd pick Clemson. I mean, yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Clemson. But I'm big on Clemson this year. People forget just because Dabo had a bad year last year, which it wasn't even a bad year. We're we're finally talking about Clemson on that Alabama level where, you know, losing three games in a year is a bad year. Uh Mm -hmm. I really like Cade Klubnick. Mm-hmm. The defense is always going to be good. Will Shipley. Will Shipley. Colts. So, yeah, give me Clemson. Give me Clemson to cover. About over under. 55 and a half? I just I don't think Clemson is under. I'm not going to say that they're equipped to not cover it, but I just don't see them doing it. Dabo, Dabo likes to run the football. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, give me the under. I'm the same way. I think they're covering, but I don't like to hit the over. Give me the under on that one as well. Well, let's do it, boys. We've talked about it. Let's let's run through it. Let's make a four-leg parlay. If I got to get my log, I just got I got to go back to what I was saying earlier. Give me give me two lane covering that seven point. Mm-hmm. The live the the live. Uh... Line on that one is six and a half two lane right now too. Mm. So I have a solid four leg parlay that will pay your mortgage off real quick, mm. and that is Florida covering that six and a half. North Carolina give them the two and a half there. Uh, Penn State minus twenty and a half versus West Virginia. Two lane six and a half plus one thousand two hundred and thirty. Okay, that's a hundred dollars to make you twelve thirty. What if you had to give your one lot? I'm about to say, we yeah. appreciate it, but what's your one lot? Mm. <laughs> yeah. All of them. Throw them all in there. We're, we're building a four-leg, not an eight-leg. I know. I, well, you'd like Tulane. If I had to pick one of those, I'd probably lean towards uh, the North Carolina game. I like it. If I'm Two picking half. one lock, it's a game that we didn't even talk about, Thursday night, Nebraska-Minnesota. I do think that Nebraska covers that seven-point spread. Um. Matt Rule's coming in. They lost a decent bit, but not enough to really scare me. Minnesota's going to try to run the football. It's their identity every year. Nebraska's going to try and air it out. I think Nebraska can keep it close. Give me Nebraska covering that seven-point spread. All right. Well, I'm not going to lie. I love all y'all's picks, and I would lock all of them in. 
and I'll add my fourth play to it, and it's going to go right back to what we just talked about, the Duke-Clemson under, I'm locking that in. I'm 100% sure of that one. And then I'll send it back your way, but I'll give you two more that I really like. Coastal Carolina covering against UCLA. Love Coastal Carolina against UCLA. It was open at 15 and a half, I believe, and I would take that. I'd probably take it down to 12 or 13, honestly. Um, I like Coastal Carolina there. And then also, last one, Hawaii. <laughs> I bet against them last week, and it, I got everything right. I got every single pick right last week except Hawaii and, and Vanderbilt. And I went with my gut. But right before we left, I did say that the data was saying otherwise and Big Germ was saying otherwise. But I had to go with my gut. But I also found, found out something about Timmy Chang. Timmy Chang said that he uses Vegas's spread as motivation before the game. So he'll go in there and he'll, he'll sit down the spread and he says, this is what they think about you. When I found that out, I'm rocking with a guy that uses <laughs> Vegas for motivation. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, so far, we've Big Germ has called out Doc with Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Pretty mm-hmm. much, I don't know if this is a war or not, but would you call him the preseason MVP? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I you told, know, you I, know what the funny thing about the preseason MVP is? You don't get anything. I know. <laughs> but we got the we got the recordings. Okay. And I told Corbin's brother last week that Vandy would win, but they wouldn't cover. He didn't listen. Could have had his house paid off last week. Mm. I got everything else on the page a lot. So it may be a while before I get him, but so far I'm two for two on Another one that I do like, and this is something I really like doing week one just because you never know what's going to happen. I really like Tennessee with that first half spread. I'm not sure what it's sitting at, but I would hammer that Tennessee first – whatever it is, I would hammer Tennessee first half spread. And that's the same thing too. I think that you could hammer that USC team total first half. Mm -hmm. USC and Tennessee are going to put up points. Um, One, Caleb Williams is going to play a lot. He's going to pad his stats. But – I'll go back to what I said about Tennessee. I like Nico. I like when Nico comes in. I think he gets better. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree right wholeheartedly. What about Memphis, the home team? Bethune Cookman this week. Hey, I'm a horrible <laughs> graduate because I went through the depth chart the other day and I knew Seth Hennigan and nobody else. Yeah, it's gonna. It, I think it's gonna be kind of a rough year for Memphis. I mean, I, th- I think they win obviously against Cookman, but yeah. Shout out Bethune Cookman though, because we used to treat all their players down there at Daytona <laughs> Beach. Good people. What's the line on that game right now? Let's look it up. While you're looking that up, lock this in, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first inaugural Last Call Sports four leg parlay created live on the podcast. We got North Carolina to cover two and a half, Tulane to cover seven, Nebraska to cover seven. And Duke Clemson hitting the under. Lock it in. The boys have cooked. And speaking of cooking, if you're doing that anytime soon, let me give a shout-out to our other sponsor, Beer Belly Barbecue. They've got rubs. Mm. They've got sauces. In the rub lineup, they've got all-purpose honey barbecue, bayou and bayou spicy. And the sauces, they've got barbecue tangy and barbecue hot. Guys, those rubs are legit. I mean, I I've, I've mm. can seriously tell you, yeah. the only the – only 
person out there that has a better rub is probably Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Nothing like a good rub. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> Check them out at beerbellybarbecue.com. Acres Down South will be your sole distributor of that very soon. So we will cover all of your game day needs. What about that Memphis game? I couldn't find it. Oh. It was probably too big important. to... While we're on the topic of Memphis, me and Logan talked about this when it happened. Ryan Silverfield was always going to be the downfall of the Memphis program. We mm-hmm. said it. It's happened. Memphis is falling back. And I don't want to say into obscurity because, I mean, dark ages. you're better than what you were. But the trajectory of the Memphis football program has severely gone down since S- Ryan Silverfield. Silverfield fired his whole coaching staff this offseason mm-hmm. basically to use them as a scapegoat on what happened last year. I hate Silverfield. Silverfield. He's puts, a beta. Dude, he puts on this whole persona like he puts everything off on everybody else and doesn't own up to anything. He wasn't ready for the job whenever they gave it to him, and he's proving every day that he's still not ready for the job. Feinbaum, uh, remember when he went off on him mm-hmm. or went off on the Memphis? <laughs> you know, he said this is going to be the end of the program if you bring him back, mm-hmm. and they did and then fired everybody else. So, mm-hmm. yeah, L- low on Silverfield. I don't see an active line for that game right now. It's probably the limit does not exist. <laughs> I'm taking Cook. They got a predicted score of Memphis 34, Cook 27. Yes. <laughs> Cookman. Odd Shark does. So Love we'll Odd. see. Love Odd Shark. Shout out to Odd Shark. Yeah. Cookman is a 4 9 against the spread in their last 13 games, and the total has gone over in five of Bethune Cookman's last six. Something spicy. Who they've been playing there? School of Deaf and Blind? <laughs> I don't know, man. Last It'll 10 games, Cookman, they – let's see, last 10 games, September 3rd, Miami, 2022. This isn't their last 10 games. If it, if it is, they haven't – they played 10 games since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's their last 10. There could be some truth to that. Yeah. Sounds like a Bishop Sycamore. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, if you haven't watched that documentary, watch that documentary. Oh, it's, it's way better than the Swamp Kings doc. HBO just does a killer job. That was insane. They just there needs to be a law out there that HBO just needs to have all the rights to sports documentaries. Mm-hmm. The untold stuff should be canceled from here on out. Untold should just be put just put put in charge for making cool hype videos and Dude, then nothing else. I mean, for what that, they put out, it was put together well yeah. with the content they put out. But like I told y'all in the group text that you know right after I watched it, like I was looking for the dirty laundry, man. No, yeah, they you know, they hit all that. I can I can tell you how great they were, mm-hmm. how I lived it, you know, mm-hmm. watched it live. Right. I wish I, wanna, I could forget. I want to hear all from it was, was two things. I want to hear somebody talk Aaron some Hernandez. dirt on Aaron Hernandez. I want you know I want yeah. to talk about Cam Newton stealing laptops. Yeah, yeah. They, nothing was that. Yeah, nothing was. They didn't talk about any of the good. I stuff. I mean, they they just. Whoever produced that was a huge Florida fan. No, yeah. all they Had did was been. suck off Tebow and and um, Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer and Urban Tebow Meyer was not a good they guy. Tebow was they a didn't even get in his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't. They didn't even get the Urban stuff. You know? No, he they made Urban Meyer. They made Urban Meyer look like this great motivator and great coach. And he and, was. And Urban Meyer is not a good guy, though. You know. And I think we all it, have our battles. I think it was more about Tebow. Yeah. Because everybody loved Tebow. How like even not? and even if they didn't you know hang out with him and think he was cool like they respected him because how hard he worked. What what pissed me off the most about that whole entire entire documentary come, being Gator fan was the fact of how they perceived Chris Leak to be a bad quarterback. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, and they didn't even have him on the dock. 
Like he didn't have a chance to say. <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't even have a word. He exactly. couldn't even. He couldn't even he like. Couldn't even back his own self. Himself. Yeah, exactly. Leak was but, good. Dude, Leak was solid. He, I mean, he, sound, he, he wasn't T Bone. Mm-hmm. He wasn't T. Yeah, you know? if Leak's not there, they were not on the rise. I know that Urban Meyer came from Utah over there. We're playing Utah Week One, but I mean, I don't know. They don't do mat drills no more. You know, they don't they don't do any of that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in Florida. Urban Myers is hitting on or gain Vegas year olds at the bar now. Yeah. God, that was wild. Kicking yeah. kicking kickers. That's what I love about <laughs> yeah. high school girls. As I get older, they stay the same age. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you this though. Uh Urban Meyer, motivator, he had a great system, but he's just not a good dude. And they they portrayed him to be like this. Great guy. He's not. Tim Tebow was a great guy, but they made him look like he was, you know, mm-hmm. some great quarterback when he really wasn't. I mean, he was he wasn't hey, a Tim great Tebow quarterback. Tim Tebow wasn't a great quarterback? He was great for that system, but Tim Tebow is not a great quarterback. He's one of the greatest college quarterbacks yeah, of all time. He is the greatest. College. He is the greatest. If you look at it, he is the greatest college quarterback of all time, but if you look at the way a quarterback position is played, like Chris Leak was a better, technically a better skilled quarterback than Tebow. I agree with that. Like, he was more skilled than Tebow. Tebow was just physically strong and a winner, and he was just going to run over people to get the yardage that they mm-hmm. need. But, I mean. And Tebow had the weapons that Chris Leak didn't have. Yeah. Chris Leak had weapons. He didn't have those weapons. Well, he had the weapons because of who he was. Leak was more talented, though. No. For being honest. as far as Talent? Talent. As a if you're talking about ball talent. So you're saying, like, by him being able to throw, so is Tebow like, was a fullback playing quarterback. Is Anthony Richardson talented? Anthony Richardson throws a hundred times better than Tebow. Like as far he as his mechanics and everything, <laughs> Tebow didn't throw it accurate either. I mean, I love Tebow. I'm not taking anything away from him, but Richardson throws a a ball way better than Tebow did, mm. and he has way more. You know, Tebow was a was yoked. All right, mm-hmm. but Tebow had zero strength when it came to throwing the ball. Mm. Like, he could not get the ball down the field. But also, too, that wasn't their offensive scheme. It wasn't, but even when he got to the NFL, that was – I mean, that was his whole not going to the won NFL. A, he won a playoff game. He did win a playoff Bout game. Took him to the- hey, I watched the whole documentary or, or mini documentary on that on TikTok mm-hmm. the other day because it was playing all the games. You know, they were, like, down every single fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and then he just would Came will back. them to – By the grace of God. But every single pass that he made mm-hmm. was literally, like, 15 yards. Yeah. Nothing ever. Well, that's what you guys. had. I mean, Percy Harvin. You had all these weapons, dude. Brandon Johnson. I mean, like they were loaded. Stupid. It was crazy. That didn't take the fact away that he can't throw on Chris. Or the fact that forty percent of the. I mean, forty percent of that team went to jail at one point in time. Uh, they, were, <laughs> they had that dog. On. Yeah, yeah, they had it. Mm. That's, not a, that's not a Tebow bash. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say we got bashing. way off there. Last call, anybody? <laughs> last call is that. I mean. I guess Brent's last call is that Chris Leak's a better, better quarterback, quarterback than, than Tim, Tebow. Tim Tebow. If you want to talk about skill, Chris Leak is a better, is more skilled than Tim Tebow as a quarterback. And I really don't even understand how Tebow was the top-ranked quarterback that year in the, coming out of high school. Wasn't he the top-ranked quarterback coming out of high school that year? Yeah. yeah. Saving grace. I mean, if – Lamar Jackson. My thing is, if he's not talented, all those other guys don't go there. No, they wanted to go there. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not talented. He can run over anybody, and he's a physically imposing quarterback, and he can lead. Is he like, talented or is he not talented? If you're talking about just from a traditional quarterback standpoint, he's not talented. Okay. Except for his We're leadership see what quality. Think about His that. leadership qualities are talent. Okay. 
I agree. It's the same way in the NFL when people hate on Lamar Jackson because mm-hmm. he couldn't throw the ball. But Lamar Jackson throws the ball 100 times better than, than Tim mm-hmm. Tebow. Mm-hmm. But that's my last call. All right, Tim Tebow, love him to death. <laughs> love the guy, but he was not a good quarterback in the sense of him being able to throw the ball. Gruber? <laughs> <laughs> you argue? I mean, do you? No, no, you're. We get it. We're, we're here. We got you. Okay. Brendan's got I think some my last call from now on is going to be a public service announcement for everyone, especially since Doc is back. That kids, we don't slide with shorts on in a softball game. I'm not that guy. When you get past the age of 27, just don't slide anymore. You don't have any need to. Mm. I didn't try to. I think we should instinct. start a poll to see if we should pour peroxide on your leg. Absolutely not. Yeah. We're not doing that. What do the people want it? Well, people don't always make money on them when they vote for a certain team, so why should they be able to put peroxide on my leg? Do it for the brand. We're in the Why don't we put peroxide on you? Okay, where do you want to put it? We can make a cut. All right. <laughs> my last call, Florida plus six and a half. I think that's another lock. I love that. If if uh, if Cam Rising, Cam Rising doesn't play, <clears throat> monitor the situation. Yeah, we're gonna leave it up to y'all's discretion. Hey, I'm rocking Louisiana teams. Tulane minus seven, LSU minus three. Lock it in. That has been the last call. <laughs>